You're listening to the Goodbye July podcast, episode number 11, and today we're digging into a more serious topic, but one that I believe is critical to talk about and to keep talking about. It is something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is mental health. Now, before we get started, I want to be very clear with something up front, which is that I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor or any kind of medical professional at all. So everything we're talking about in today's episode is purely based on my own experience, my opinion, and is for informational purposes only and is in no way meant to be received as medical advice in any form whatsoever. Okay. Okay. Now that we've got that out of the way, this past Monday marked World Mental Health Day. And that's where the inspiration for today's episode came from. So World Mental Health Day is an international day for global mental health education, awareness, and advocacy against social stigma. And this episode is a contribution to that effort. So today we're digging into my own journey through counseling that literally ended at the altar, my current mental wellness routine, and the thing that is negatively affecting nearly 50% of Americans' mental health and what you can do to protect yourself. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine to five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July podcast. This episode of the Goodbye July podcast is sponsored by PureGrade Supplements. PureGrade is the all-natural supplement line that I use to get clear-minded, stay energized, feel great, and make every day as effective and efficient as possible. PureGrade is offering 10% off exclusively for Goodbye July listeners. Just go to puregradesupplements.com and use the code GOODBYEJULY at checkout to get started and get your mind and body back today. Just real quick before we get started, I have something for you that you are going to love. It's a free resource on budgeting, and I know, I know, budgeting may not feel like the most exciting topic, but it is the number one way to start on your path to mastering your money. There's no getting around it. It's just one of those things you have to do in order to move forward. But I've created a template that makes it much less painful. And once you fill it out once, the hardest part's over. Next month, you'll only have to fill in a few of the blanks rather than create it from scratch. Seriously, don't put it off. It is not as bad as you think. And honestly, the longer you wait, the harder it'll be later. So go get your free template today at jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. Again, that's jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. My mental health story predominantly begins in 2014 when I went through my first experience of what I can only assume was depression. 
I'm from Austin, but I was living in Dallas at the time. However, I knew in my heart that I wanted to move back to Austin. The vibe of Dallas is just so different from where I grew up, and although I learned a lot about myself by moving there, I knew that if I were going to stay in Texas, that Austin was where I had to be. On top of that, I'd recently ended my relationship with my then-boyfriend, and that created an awkward divide in my Dallas friend group. Plus, my lease was about to end in a couple of months, so I was faced with a big decision on what to do if I couldn't find a job in Austin fast enough. I was interviewing for jobs in Austin, but nothing was really sticking, and I was unhappy in Dallas and exhausted because I would drive to Austin every single weekend. So I suppose the problem was that you know, a lot of things in my life at that time fell outside of my control. And because I was so tired all the time, it made it really hard for me to think straight. So a friend of mine in Dallas was going to counseling and she suggested that I try a session with her therapist. Because I hadn't found a healthy way to feel better, I figured, you know, like, what the hell, let's give it a shot. So between the time I scheduled the appointment and the actual appointment itself, I actually landed a job in Austin and Knowing I was officially moving back to Austin, that alone made me feel better, but I figured that I'd go ahead and go to the appointment anyway, just because it took so much courage to kind of get me there in the first place. Unfortunately, my first experience in counseling was not a good one. I told the therapist that I just accepted a job offer in Austin, so I wouldn't be a regular client. However, I felt it was an important step in the right direction for me to honor that first counseling session, and I wanted to kind of just see what it was all about. To that, he pretty much told me that he felt like I was running away from my problems by relocating, and then he offered to write me a prescription for pills. I was shocked. <laughs> this doctor, who I'd just met 30 minutes ago and who knew I'd probably never see him again, offered to write me a prescription for a serious psychological medication. And to be clear, I'm not saying medication is bad or that it cannot be helpful, but what I'm saying is that I'm just shocked that professional therapists would offer to prescribe pills after one session. In my opinion, it should take longer than an hour for someone to decide if their patient is a good fit for ongoing psychological medication, especially with something like counseling, where I believe a lot of good work can be done by talking, mindset work, and intentional life strategies. So after declining the Dallas therapist offer, I packed up my life in Dallas and I moved back to Austin. But after returning to Austin, things were not all sunshine and rainbows. And luckily, I was working for an employer who not only talked very openly about the importance of mental health, but who also happened to provide free counseling sessions to its employees. And just as an aside, if you're in tech, I highly recommend working for Cisco. You know, obviously there will be pros and cons with any job and any company, any manager, but when I was working there, I really loved the culture and especially the focus that they put on prioritizing mental health. It was something they talked about in company meetings very openly, very often. And then I very much feel like they walked the walk by giving all of us free counseling sessions. So once I learned about the free therapy sessions that Cisco offered, I decided to give counseling another shot. And this time I struck gold. <laughs> I did a bunch of research before going this time, and I found a man who ultimately changed our lives for the better. At first, Corey was pretty skeptical, so when I invited him to come with me, he initially said no, and honestly, that irritated me, but based on what I was learning in counseling, I decided not to push him. 
I reminded myself of what I was learning, which is that you can only control yourself. And since then, that's become my favorite mantra and the greatest learning of all from all my time in therapy. So I went on my own and I worked on myself. And I definitely recommend this if you're in a relationship. You know, therapy together is great, but dedicated and focused individual work is so valuable. Eventually, Corey decided to come meet my counselor, Todd. And we worked with Todd once a month or once every other month. And it was our therapist, Todd, who officiated our wedding. We've since parted ways with Todd, but we use the tools and the mental strategies he gifted us very often. But that's not to say things are perfect all the time. We're human, so sometimes we do default back to those unhealthy habits. But the good news is now it's a very rare occurrence, whereas before counseling, it was very much our norm. Beyond our relationship, we also make it a point to work on our mental health as individuals. And what I've come to admire and appreciate about Corey is that he's gotten really good at paying attention to what we call the warning signs. He'll notice he's more tired than normal, or he's feeling unmotivated, yet a little restless and aimless. The moment he recognizes these feelings, he takes action. And what works for him is extreme exercise. Even though in those moments he definitely doesn't feel like it, he'll go on a super long bike ride, or he'll do an extra long session at the gym with heavier weights than normal. Sometimes he'll even go for a run, which he really normally does not do. But when you think about it, it makes sense. A quick online search will pull countless articles showing that exercise floods the brain with dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and other mood-boosting neurotransmitters. And for me, this episode is really timely because I've actually been dealing with a bout of kind of almost depression these last couple of weeks, which I realize may seem strange because we have a lot to look forward to in these next few months with our move to El Salvador. But with that big life change comes a lot of feelings I wasn't expecting, like, are we doing the right thing? And will our dogs be okay traveling to and living in another country? And just overwhelm from working on our businesses to all the decisions we must make around the house here in Austin and our house in El Salvador. And, you know, I hate admitting it because I don't want to come off like I'm complaining because I don't mean it that way. It's more of fear and uncertainty and just like near paralysis from decision fatigue. And those things can lead somebody to start questioning themselves and their abilities. So lately, I've been feeling those things that Corey's really good at noticing in himself. You know, I've been tired, unmotivated, and just feeling off. And I've been staying up too late. I've been sleeping too late. I haven't been exercising. And I just am feeling unlike myself. But luckily, I caught it. And I knew I needed to do something about it. Something I know about myself is that I love structure and routine and feeling productive. So hitting snooze a hundred times and waking up with no real plan for the day sets my entire day up for failure. So I decided to do something different. So last Tuesday night, I made a list of the top three things I wanted to accomplish on Wednesday. I tore myself away from the TV that night and the comfortable couch downstairs and I took myself and our dog Beagle up to bed on time, and I put a literal sticky note on my phone that said, so you've been feeling depressed lately? Do something different. Do not hit snooze, all caps. I also put my phone in a different location than I normally keep it at night, and one that requires me to get off of the bed to reach it. So when my alarm went off at 7 a.m. Wednesday morning, and I fumbled around in the dark to find my phone in its new spot, the light on the phone was shining through that post-it note, and I read the words I'd written to myself and I did not hit snooze. I got up, 
I got dressed and I launched myself into another morning routine I know makes me feel good. It's called SAVERS and it's an acronym for silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, read, and scribe. I worked for each one. I silently meditated. I gave myself some affirmations. I visualized a good day ahead. I did 20 minutes of body exercises. I read a helpful mindset book for 10 minutes called The Gap in the Game. And I journaled about my feelings for five quick minutes. I immediately felt better. And I've been sticking to that routine since and things have only continued to improve. Now, mental health struggles can come from a wide variety of sources, but I'd like to earmark the fact that more than 40% of U.S. adults say that money is negatively impacting their mental health, according to Bankrate's April 2022 Money and Mental Health Report. So nearly half of this country is negatively affected mentally because of money. Here's some other statistics pulled directly from that article. Women are more likely to be negatively affected than men. So that's 46% of women versus 38% of men. Millennials suffer the most. The survey found that 48% of millennials ages 26 to 41 are psychologically impacted by financial concerns, followed by 46% of Gen X and 40% of Gen Z. Do you know what the top three emotional triggers are? 69% of people worry about coming up with enough money to pay for unexpected expenses. 52% said they stress out when bills are coming due. And 49% said it's looking at their bank accounts. If you feel like this is you, you are definitely not the only one. There are many others who struggle with the exact same thing. And I wish we would all talk about money more so we would feel less alone. And I can't help but wonder how many more people would seek help in counseling if it were more financially accessible. And what I would really like to see is insurance providers start covering mental health treatments because mental health is arguably one of the most important facets of health that there is. I think if we, as a society, could get better about prioritizing mental health care, we'd make great strides toward reducing the amount of homelessness, self-harm, drug addiction, and harm to others in the forms of abuse or shootings. Even from my own experience, I'll be honest with you, after I left employers who offered free or discounted counseling sessions, I haven't been back, even in moments where I felt like I needed to go, because the independent health insurance that we now have that we're now self-employed, it does not cover mental health, and mental health care is expensive. But although it sucks that we're not yet at a place where health insurance providers are prioritizing mental health, I always come back to my mantra that we can only control ourselves. So what's in my own control is that I can actively talk about mental health to reduce the stigma. And I can talk to my friends about the things that I struggle with. And I can do things in my own life that I know will help me stay in a positive mind frame. And I can also look for inexpensive or free tools like the app Wobot. So if you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. It's a great app and it's free. It's called Wobot. W-O-E-B-O-T. And you know, beyond that, something that I can do is I can be kind to others because I have no idea the personal struggles they're facing. You just never really know what someone's going through. So at the very least, you can be nice. I heard something recently and it really stuck with me due to the homeless problem here in Austin. 
And it was that it's interesting how the public really rallies and fights to protect all the little children who grow up in troubled homes with drug addict parents and abuse and all of these horrible things. But the moment these little kids grow up and become drug addicts themselves to deal with their childhood trauma, which tons of research supports, the public suddenly turns on them. The narrative quickly shifts from we have to help them to we have to get rid of them. And I'm ashamed to admit that although I've never been outright unkind to a homeless person, I've definitely said unkind things about them when talking amongst my friends. But that was unfair. And thinking about these people and what some of them may have endured as children helps me be more empathetic and to remember that they're humans too, just like you and me. I just needed to tweak my perspective. And while I know there's not much in my direct power that I can do to change the situation, what I can do is be kind. Speaking of being kind, don't forget to be kind to yourself as well. We can be our biggest advocates or our biggest enemies. So choose to be your biggest advocate. Be nice. Take time for introspection and ask yourself the hard questions. Are you doing what you want with your life? Do you actually believe in what the company you're working for is trying to do? Or are you just working for money? Those are some of the most difficult questions I had to ask myself. And after a lot of reflection, I realized I had just been chasing money and I had to pivot if I wanted to spend time doing work I loved. Do you find yourself churning and burning through the week, looking forward to the weekend maybe a little too eagerly and leaning on a substance or any kind of escape just a little too much? That was a red flag for me. I was definitely living for the weekends and on the weekends, I would just party and binge drink. But it can be scary to look at yourself, to really look. And there are a lot of things to consider. And again, money often comes up as a key consideration. But don't forget what we talked about before. If you worry in any way whatsoever about money, you are absolutely not alone. What I'd encourage you to do is just to take some kind of action. In other words, don't just live in your stress and anxiety. Do something about it. If you don't like where you're at or how you're feeling financially, you have to make a change if you want things to get better. Starting is always the hardest part, but once you do it, you'll be surprised at how much easier things get pretty quickly. Free-floating money anxiety is something many people struggle with, and it's often a symptom of simply not knowing where your money goes. So if money is something that gives you anxiety or depression and you feel like you need some direction, here's my take. Download one of my free resources and use it. If you have anxiety about money, I'd recommend starting with the free monthly budget calculator. It'll show you where all your money goes each month, and I promise knowing that alone can help you feel much better. It can also help you quickly identify areas where you can cut expenses if you need to. If you feel depressed about money, that may indicate that you're in debt or you feel undervalued or underpaid, in which case I would recommend using my free Ultimate Make More Money Starter Kit, which is built to help you land a pay raise that you can use as a confidence boost and or to pay off your debt faster. I'll link to both of these resources in the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 011. Don't forget, nothing is insurmountable and feelings are not infinite. When you're feeling bad, remember, this is a moment. It's not forever. And if you can identify specific healthy actions to take in order to move past those feelings faster, more power to you because you can intentionally move yourself back into a position of power even faster. Check in with yourself often. 
recognize what healthy actions make you feel good and do those. Just make sure you keep taking action and remember to be kind to yourself and others in the process. Thank you for joining me on this more serious but very important episode of Goodbye July. I'll see you next week, same time, same place, and until then, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatoller.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.